3: All righty alrighty alrighty. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas Radio program on this Wednesday as we begin another racing week in a new month. Yeah. Wednesday, March 2nd. That is 3-2-2022. Two, 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 two. Kicked another month right in the Patookas. Yeah. Alright, so this is the second day of March 2022. It is a beautiful day in our neighborhood in Las Vegas, and we welcome you to the show as we ramp it up for another week of racing Las Vegas style. And of course, uh, sun shining, sky blue, ground dry, 48 degrees right now, a little bit colder than it uh, has been. We have really enjoyed some great weather here in Las Vegas the last couple of days, but it's 48 now. It's going to get to 81 today, 81 degrees on the second day of March in Las Vegas, 81 today. We look across the calendar throughout the rest of the week, and we're going to be 81 tomorrow. Then it starts dipping to 63 on Friday and 57 as a high on Saturday because we're getting chances of precipitation over the weekend. 17% chance on Friday, 15% chance on Saturday. I say that because you know it's a big weekend coming up for the Stronach Group. They're putting together a huge monster cross-country racing day between Gulfstream Park and Santa Anita that will feature 14 graded stakes races, two coast-to-coast pick fives, both one on the main, one on the turf. Big days of racing, both bookend the nation from Florida to California. And the weather will play a part in this. Mother Nature may be raining on the big monster day of racing parade. Because as you look at the forecast for Arcadia, California, where Santa Anita will be at, will be, where Santa Anita is at, and where half of those stakes races will be, On Thursday, it starts to get cloudy, 72 degrees. Friday, the day before the big, big blockbuster stakes races day, the high will be 58 in Arcadia, and it will have an 86% chance of rain. Rain in Arcadia on Friday, the day before. When it comes to Saturday... The weather forecast has it 56 degrees as a high, partly cloudy, and still at 24% of rain on Saturday. Now, you know, they'll take the races off the turf course because they've had, had a few problems with horses slipping on it uh, with no precipitation. So that, that might put a hinder on a lot of the stakes races there. And if they do that, They'll seal that main track as tight as can be, and then you'll have what would consider to be a sloppy main track at Santa Anita. So half of this card might be, um, well, might be washed out. But we will wait and see. So we welcome you to the Race Day Show on this Wednesday, coming to you uh, live and direct from the Gaming Capital, where we emanate and originate all this stuff, Sports Talk, 1400 AM. And, of course, covering the world, as you know, we do on many of our uh, different uh streaming platforms like our websites raceday dot com dot vegas dot world dot global and your devices your androids and your in your uh, iphones that so you can get your uh phone app the k s h p radio station phone app k s h p phone app you can get at your phone app stores you can hear us on your devices and of course anywhere you get podcasting we're there as well so we welcome you to the show however wherever whenever as far as today is concerned across the country, boy, I guess they, sh- they, they kind of wish uh, the races were today. All up and down California, clear is the bell. Florida, clear. Gulf Coast, clear. Across the contiguous 48 from left to right, clear. The only action is uh, those uh, storms a front that's coming through right now in the great northwest, Washington and Oregon, that will be making its way down. And across California as it makes its way uh, in the jet stream from west to east, and I guess it's going to happen by Friday. And of course, the Great Lakes area, Wisconsin, up in there in Canada, snow. So that's how it shakes out today. Let's hope it shakes out a little better come the weekend, because uh, I mean, I mean, these stakes races. You got four stakes races, by the way, at Aqueduct on Saturday, including the Grade 3 Gotham, which is uh, for 3-year-olds, on the Wood Memorial run there in uh, the series to the Wood Memorial. That uh, holds uh, Kentucky Derby points. And the Grade 3 Tom Fool is also on Saturday at Aqueduct. And then you get to Gulfstream Park, and you get the Canadian Turf, to the Devana Dale for the 3-year-old Phillies aspiring to the Kentucky Oaks, the uh, Fountain of Youth, This one has uh, Kentucky Derby points. The Here Comes the Bride, a grade three. The Honey Fox, a grade three on the turf. The McNamara, a grade two on the turf. The Palm Beach, the very one, a grade three on the turf. The Gulfstream Park Mile, a grade two. Good stuff all there at Gulfstream. And then, of course, Santa Anita, where a question mark for the uh, the weather and the rain. You got the Beholder Mile. You got the Buena Vista. That's scheduled a grade two on the turf. You got the Frank Kilrow Mile. That's a grade one on the turf. The San Carlos, a sprint that, of course, uh, Flightline was supposed to be in, is not. But that's seven furlongs on the main. And then you've got the San Felipe, part of the uh, Santa Anita Derby Series, a grade two, holding Kentucky Derby leaderboard points. And, of course, the big cap, the Santa Anita Handicap, a grade one on the main. So there's a lot in flux with the weather going on in at least one of the two racing centers. And as far as the uh, point getters, the Fountain of Youth is 50 points for the Derby. The Gotham is 50, and the San Felipe is 50. All right? There's another race with 10 leaderboard points. That's the John Battaglia Memorial at Turfway Park also on Saturday. So there's a lot going on. And, of course, the uh, Bob Baffert soap opera continues, the latest in the episode there. He's suing Churchill Downs to reverse his suspension so he can run horses in the Derby. So we'll wait and see about that. And a judge will consider that request for a temporary injunction. He'll do that sometime today. Uh, And the uh, Fountain of Youth is a wide-open race. Really good race. Uh, There are um, 13 going to enter the uh, starting gate for the Fountain of Youth. Mile sixteenth, four 400,000. And in that race, uh, the morning line favorite at 3-1 uh, to one is Mo Donegal. I read for Fletcher. We'll get into these races a little bit later on, maybe with uh, John Lendo. As far as the San Felipe is concerned, a field of seven. You got Happy Jack. Worse, Red Sanchez. Huh? So, uh, that's the son of square Eddie, though. Am- Amagnac. Uh, another uh one that Bob Bafford's unleashing with John Velasquez aboard. Beautiful art. You got uh Dopplinger, another one. That's uh, probably gonna be the favorite there, Flavian Pratt, uh, Pratt for Baffert. uh for and Pratt for Bafford. and you got Forbidden Kingdom in there, Mandela for uh Hernandez's ride. So and Cabo Spirit, good uh, good uh, field in the San Felipe. And of course the big cap. The Santa Anita Handicap, at one time known as the hardest handicap race to win in the world. A history that includes horses like Seabiscuit, Affirmed, etc. I'm just going over a couple of those. But uh, it'll be an eight horse field in the uh, Big Cap at a mile and a quarter. Spielberg, YY Paul Y, Warrant, Soy Tapatillo, American Theorem. Express train, He'll probably be the favorite in there, Express Train. Kiss Today Goodbye and Stiletto Boy. So there's a there's just a huge amount of, of great races. Hopefully not uh, going to be rained out by Mother Nature. We'll, we'll wait and see about that. In the meantime, we're going to go to our first break. Jonathan Hardoon is with us. So is Tommy Massis. Going to give us some picks at Gulfstream today. John Lindo will uh, chew a little fat with us on those big stakes races from coast to coast. Jerry Jackowitz with his power pages will be along for a little Gulfstream action today as well. And uh, I'll give you the Twin Cue results from Sunday. A lot of good stuff happening, so don't go away. We will, we will, we will be right back. <laughs>
0: From DRF.com is the exclusive past performance content provider for the Race Day Las Vegas show.
3: All righty. Back on Race Day Las Vegas. And by the way, uh, just to give you a balance, uh, the the weather in uh, Hollandale Beach, Florida, where Gulfstream Park is at, will be beautiful. On Friday and Saturday, 80 degrees on Sunday, 79 degrees, mostly sunny on Saturday. Little chance of uh, clouds overhead, but uh, no real chance of rain in uh, Gulfstream Park. So they may salvage half of that big uh, big program there, that's for sure. All right, time to get to your menu, and then we'll uh, do a little chatting with our handicappers and get some picks, huh? That's a good idea, Ralph. Let's do that. All right, here's the menu of racetracks available today in the Racebook. Simulcast centers and racetracks around the country reminding you that the first post times broadcast on the show each and every day reflect that of the Pacific Time Zone. Why? Because we emanate and originate all the Race Day Las Vegas radio programs from these studios and over the airwaves of Sports Talk 1400 in Las Vegas, Nevada, and your gaming capital of the world sits in the Pacific Time Zone. So these would be the first post times that roll out in our racebooks today. That is why your racing menu reflects the Pacific time zone, first post times each and every day. So if you're listening on the websites, phone apps, podcasting, however, wherever, whenever you get us, if you're not in the Pacific time zone, adjust to it so you don't miss anything like I miss mom and dad, okay? Okay. By the way, if you happen to see uh, people running around today with uh, a little bit of uh, what looks like maybe dirt on their face. They're just Catholics. It's Ash Wednesday, so don't worry about it. All right. Here's your post times. If you're ready, here's the menu. All right. I just uh, I thought of that because somebody walked by the uh, studio uh, windows. It just went to the early mass. <laughs> so it just came to mind. All right. Here we go. First, uh, First post times. Pacific. Tampa Bay down starts it out. First post time is 9.15 at Tampa Bay. Now, they got a pick-six jackpot carryover, $23,081 at uh, Tampa Bay today. And their first post time, again, is at uh, 9.15. Next comes Gulfstream Park in Florida. Gulfstream Park, a pick-six jackpot carryover, $45,968. They'll guarantee it to $150,000, though, today. Yeah. The single jackpot's going to be 150 grand if you happen to hit it. All right. If you happen to be that single single person, your pick six jackpot will pay off at 150 grand. The cash in there though, right now, is uh, 45,968. First post time at Gulfstream 9:30. All right. Next comes uh, Park Racing. Parks Racing, I should say. Parks Racing has a huge pick five jackpot carryover. Alright, Now that uh, that uh, Pick 5 jackpot yesterday for 50 cents paid 2365 but there was more than one winner and it is a jackpot. So the jackpot today in the Pick 5 at Park's Racing 429,136 bucks. Yeah. For a Pick 5 jackpot at Park's Racing. Their first post time is 9:55. We go next to Delta Downs. They'll kick it off at 10.55. First post at Delta, 10.55. Then we go to Turf Paradise in Phoenix, Arizona. Turf Paradise uh, first post time is 11.55. So they're 11.55. Now their pick-six jackpot carryover, $11,770. First post time, 11.55. Okay? Sam Houston Park is next. They kick in with a regular pick-six carryover, not a jackpot, but a regular pick-six carryover at Sam Houston of $12,648. bucks. 1st post time at Sam Houston, 2 p.m. Then we have Penn National. Penn National's first post time is 3 o'clock. They got a super high-five jackpot carryover, 593 bucks. Yeah, first post time, 3 o'clock. Following that, Turf, Turfway Park. Now, Turfway Park has a Pick Six jackpot carryover of twenty thousand five hundred seven dollars, and their first post time is three fifteen. And then we wrap it up with Charlestown. Their Pick Six jackpot carryover thirty two thousand seven hundred seventy seven dollars, and their first post time is four p.m. So, on a Wednesday, you got ten racetracks on your racing menu. Some Good stuff. Uh, it's just, there'll be some action out there today. We're going to get some uh, picks from our handicappers for the Florida tracks, that's for sure. We're going to start out with uh, Mr. Jonathan Hardoon. Jonathan, good morning.
0: Good morning, Ralph. How are you?
3: Now, you were telling me off the break if they had posted a proposition of where they would be <laughs> taking turf races off on Saturday, Santa Anita versus Gulfstream Park, that uh, you thought that Gulfstream would be 1-9. to nine. But Mother Nature had another bet going on. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Mother Nature's taking the fifty to one shot. Yeah,
3: how about that?
0: <laughs> really bad, bad luck for a Anita. You know, hopefully the rain misses. They're not always right, but when they say ninety percent, that, that seems pretty good. Huh? Yeah,
3: yeah, that's uh, that's getting up there. I think I think it's at eighty six percent, but I, we get the point. <laughs> that's for sure. Right. <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, let's hope these races stay intact at least. I mean. There's uh, a lot of. Uh, they stacked all these great races up on one day, uh, and and I know that they have to be disappointed with the weather forecast. But like I said, maybe uh, like you said, maybe the weatherman can be just a little bit wrong this time. Maybe if everybody well, in Southern Ca- is, everybody in Southern California yeah. get outside the doors and st- take out your blowers, you know, your lawn blowers and all that, <laughs> and, and start pointing it to the sky, and maybe you can push the push the front up over you, you know, uh, further north. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that will you know, work. The, the,
0: the real problem is, Ralph, though, that they've been having apparently problems with the turf course. Yeah. saying it's slippery and everything else, and yeah. that was when it was dry and beautiful out. I mean, you, know, you could be sure the six-and-a-half furlong down the hillside is not going to run, that's for sure. Yeah. Because if there's a drop of rain, that comes off. But uh, you're right. Hopefully the, the fields will stay intact. It's just really bad luck, and it's a it's a great day. And it's an opportunity for everybody to have some fun and make some money. They have the contest going on where they have uh, pick fifteen winners and you get five million dollars. <laughs> you know, yeah. Not that that's going to happen, but
3: <laughs> pick, pick fifteen winners and we'll give you a million. That's, that's awful nice. Five million. Five they, million. They should
0: give you fifteen. Yeah, they should give you fifteen million. Oh,
3: track announcer was saying a million. Well, I guess maybe he no, wanted. No,
0: no, it's five million.
3: All right, good. He wanted to pocket four, I guess. Uh, in any case, we got the Fountain of Youth, a key race uh, on the way to the Florida Derby and uh, sometimes even to the Kentucky Derby, that's for sure. And uh, Mo Donegal and, is the 3 to 1 favorite, but, you know, he's kind of. He, Do you really. I don't know. Here's the problem with Mo Donegal. He drew
0: the 12 post. It's yeah. like near impossible to win from an outside post uh, at a mile and a 16th on, on that uh, layout because you go right into the turn. Major advantage for inside posts. So, everybody should take that into the handicapping, uh, you know, when they decide to handicap the race, because breaking from the 12 post is no easy feat. That's for sure. And uh, not if you're not that much better to begin with. And I think that's the case, to be honest with you. I think he's good, but I don't think he's better than that field. And uh, the post position will be the great equalizer, I think.
3: Now, wasn't Big Brown, of course, he was much better than. Yes. He broke from yes, an outside post won. and won, right?
0: Yeah, I think he won from the twelve. As a matter of fact, yeah. uh, one of the few horses.
3: Yeah, but, but he was he was uh, superior over that. You can count
0: career. on one hand, yeah, once, when that happened. Yeah. yeah,
3: and you could be missing a few fingers doing it.
0: <laughs>
3: You're right. All right, so so we put uh, we, we put him in the uh, big question mark because of none none no other reason but the outside post. So I mean, you know, you got a manual in there, I guess. Louis Saez, highly regarded. Yeah, for Todd Fletcher. Yeah. And uh, the interesting
0: thing about that horse, Ralph, is they they started that horse out at Tampa. You know, so uh, if he was acting well, not that you know, good horses don't come from Tampa, but his first thought was at Gulfstream. Then they shipped him to Tampa, and uh, I think they paid like a, a million and a half dollars or something. This is a, a, a very high. Highly regarded horse, and listen, two career starts. He won first time out by six, and he won his second race by four, uh, trying two turns for the first time at Tampa last time up. Uh-huh. So no telling how good he is, uh, but he was on Lasix for that race. He comes off of Lasix. So there's a lot of interesting ways to go, and uh, obviously we'll have it all for you on Friday.
3: Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, just quickly, the horse is in the race, and I'll do it from post-position one on out uh Mark, uh, Markhamian, uh simplification howling time in due time dean delivers rattle and roll which is another horse that uh, has uh, got some uh, print ap secret yeah. e- ap secret emmanuel high oak giant game O captain mo Donegal and galt if you think mo Donegal had a bad post galt rosario fermat got the 13 post
0: yeah, but he's on the AEs. He's not even in the race. They're only yeah. going to run 12, so yeah. the only way golf gets in is selling scratches. As for ra- Rattle and Roll, he was highly regarded as a two year old. Yeah. And he comes back, makes his first start as a three year old, and he's 12 to one on the morning line. Yeah, so who knows? There's probably a lot of ways you could go, and uh, we'll figure it all out.
3: Yeah, and I got to tell you that most people are going to be looking to beat Mo Donegal because of the post position draw.
0: Yeah, yeah. No now, question.
3: Now, a quick thought about the San Felipe, where uh, Bob Baffert, uh, who uh, won't be in the derby right now, has two horses in there, uh, Doppelganger, and uh, which will probably be the favorite of the race, and another horse called Armagnac. Armagnac, and I have no idea about that horse.
0: No, it's only a field of seven. And uh, that horse broke his maiden last time out easily uh, by two and a half lengths, and now he stretches out. uh, Well, no, he actually went long last time as well. But uh, Velasquez rides for him, and, uh, you know, it's interesting because uh, Velasquez, for the most part, Mm -hmm. I think, has gotten the better horses to ride for Baffert since he came out to California to ride especially since Medina Spirit last year and everything else. Mm-hmm. But that being said, Pratt's agent uh, is one of Baffert's or his uncle or father, you know, Preb, uh, Pegram yeah. is uh, one of his longtime friends and everything. So who knows? I guess he tries to split it up. But uh, Doppeldinger, certainly a, a disappointment last time out when he got beat at uh, forty uh, 80 cents to the dollar.
3: Yeah, no kidding about that. All right, well we got some action going on today at Gulfstream. Uh, what are we doing here? We got Gulfstream in Tampa. You going to give us something? Yes sir.
0: We're going to look at the 6th race today at the Gulfstream Park 5 furlongs on the turf and like you said before, the weather is beautiful this thing on the grass. And I like the number 8 horse in here, Cucucina. This is a five-year-old gelding, and you could draw a line through his last race, Ralph. It was scheduled for the grass going long. It came off the turf. Also, this horse didn't have Lasix last time out. It was run on tapita. And as a five-year-old, he was asked to go a distance. He's never gone before. Now, touch back to five furlongs. Plenty of early speed in this race to set things up for our Luis Saez aboard for him, I should say. Louis Saez aboard to ride. I like number eight, Kukachina. Seven two on the morning line to win today's sixth race at a Gulfstream
3: Park. All right, the sixth race at Gulfstream today, uh, and of course that'll part be part of those gimmicks, uh, the uh, the um, pick fives and the pick sixes and all that. Yeah, and it, yeah, yeah. In that race, the you like uh, number eight Cucina, which is uh, breaking from the eight post, going five uh, five furlongs on the turf. The Mike Maker, Trainee, and Luis Saez will ride at seven to two. Okay, what are we doing next?
0: Let's go to Tampa, race number eight, and a pretty good betting race here. Full field of nine, and the number five horse in this spot, Night Sleeper, three-year-old filly from the Ronaldo Richards Barn. Very interesting. This horse was claimed back on December 17th. Uh, she was freshened up. She comes back protected. She gets LASIKs today for the first time. She has four career starts her only two races on fast dirt were her last two races, and actually either one of those races good enough to get the job done here. Uh-huh. I like the 8-to-1, Jose Batista aboard to ride. Number 5, Night Sleeper, upsets and wins today's 8th race out of Tampa Bay. Dinner.
3: All right, Tampa Bay 8th race, number 5, Night Sleeper. Nice 8-to-1 there, and a 7 furlong uh, sprint right in the middle of the things, breaking in the middle of the uh, gate in a nine-horse field. Number 5, Night Sleeper is uh, Jonathan's play at Tampa Bay. So in the sixth race at Gulfstream, you got the eight. In the eighth race at Tampa Bay, you got the five, and those are two of many because you've done both sheets today, full sheets, both for Tampa Bay and Gulfstream Park, right?
0: Yes, sir. Then can go to the website at dot
3: com. right. Now, um, I waited to the end because I have no idea if you have, but you got any rant that you need today? No. I'm good. No rants. No. <laughs> Oh, good. Uh, everything
0: quiet I mean I would like Baffert to just take his suspension and ride off into the sunset <laughs> and make life easier for everybody but he chooses to take this route so that's you know he has the right to uh, to a fair and, uh, trial or whatever yeah. you want to say and he has the right to appeal uh, the only thing is it's not really helping anyone and you're not going to win that case so good luck
3: you know, in that, uh, I, I did see uh, a copy of, uh, posted a copy of the uh, filing for the lawsuit. And he claims in there that he has either lost or are going to lose some of his clients on account of that. So we, we were talking about whether guys are going to take horses away from him for the derby or whatever. But in there, he claims, and he, he, he names a few uh, clients. I, I can't remember, so I'm not going to speak out of out of. Uh, uh, the terms here, but uh, he did name him in the in the uh, in the suit.
0: Well, it only makes sense, even though surprisingly, Ralph, no one's left yet. You know, but yeah. that's I find to be uh, really a sign of some loyalty. To be honest with you, you're going to give up a shot, maybe once in a lifetime shot to go to the Derby, and uh, you know you're going to stand by him. That's that's
3: well, we're if all re-
0: you're loyal, and
3: we're already in March here. I know that we haven't got the hundred pointers yet and Corniche has enough points to get in if he just shows up in one race. But forget about the points for a minute. When you're trying to train a horse and get him ready for the Kentucky Derby, you got to get him going now, no matter if he has points or not, otherwise you're behind the eight ball and uh, we still don't know where Corniche is going to wind up, right?
0: Well, I'm sure he's going to train them like they're going to the Derby because even if he doesn't win his case, you know, I said it from the beginning and I'll say it again. It would just only be the right thing for Baffert to tell the owners to take the horses, you know, give them the fair shot that they deserve to run in. You only get to run in one Derby. It's not like you can wait till next year. You get one shot at it. So, you know, as loyalists, I just think Baffert should do the right thing and tell them to move on. If he sees that this is going nowhere, yeah, uh, that would be the right thing to do. And they could give the horses, obviously, back to Baffert after the Triple Crown races. But uh, to me, that would be the right way to do it. And it would show a lot of class on Baffert's part.
3: Well, we do know one thing that's for sure and certain that you can't argue with, and that's the lawyers are making a lot of money. They always do, Ralph, whatever you do now. Thanks a lot, Johnny. I am not any
0: on the, on the uh, bread line. That's
3: yeah. For sure. yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks I'll see will well. we'll talk to you tomorrow. Stay
0: safe and be well.
3: Thank uh, you. All right. You got it. Now we're going to go to Tommy Masses, who is patiently standing by. Tommy's been listening to all this. Good morning, Tommy.
4: Good morning, Ralph. Good morning, everyone.
3: All right. Well, I'll get your thought if you got any, and then we'll move on to picking horses.
4: I just want to know, how how does it feel to get a bill at the end of the month? (laughs) All you trainers
3: out there. Oh, man. I have
4: no mercy for, you know, for the, the amount being spent. He's pushing it and pushing it. He's got the money to burn. Let him burn it all.
3: Well, yeah, and we'll wait and see. I mean, due process sometimes is an expensive proposition, that's for sure. Tommy,
4: what do you see? I was just reading 14 minutes ago, it came out on Twitter. I guess the next one is the next hearing is March 17th.
3: Oh, well, we'll hold our breath. Oh, St. Patrick's Day, that's a good one. There you go. Uh, uh, Tommy, um, I know that uh, half of these big races on uh, Saturday is going to be at Gulfstream. Looks like the weather's going to be fine there, so it's going to be a fun day for you. And we'll get some selections from you through the text on uh, Saturday. But um, how's the track playing right now? Any... Uh, Any kind of biases that we should know that crept up?
4: Uh, I don't know. You know, it rained pretty hard last night. So, you know, whatever the track was or the turf was, you know, it should be different starting off today. I'm assuming the turf's got to be off a little today. I know they're racing on it, but it rained pretty hard last night. So
3: You did get a good piece of rain yesterday then.
4: Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, the sun just came out, you know, as I was waiting to talk to you, it's mm-hmm. going to be a warm and sunny day today. So, I, I don't know what they listed it as. Uh, I'm just checking right now to start.
3: Uh huh. I didn't get any uh, track conditions uh, before I came on the air, but they might have updated it. Yeah, the
4: turf I- is good.
3: Right, turf will be good.
4: Yeah, it's good. So it, it you know. There should be some gift to it. It, it, it wasn't really playing fair. You know, I, I don't want to start with the synthetic again, but mm-hmm. it's just sad, you know, watching races go wire to wire, wire to wire, wire to wire, and, and yeah. you know, no, no no synthetic pick five on the weekend.
3: Okay, let me ask you this, uh, Tommy, then. If uh, your observations are correct and that is correct, um, do you think think that the jockeys start figuring it out and horses that have past performances that doesn't show speed, but uh, the jockeys are putting them in the race early because of what is believed to be a track bias. Do you see any of that?
4: Yeah. that, that That's see that's the problem. When a track starts playing speed, uh-huh. it, it, the, the more it plays speed, the harder it is to figure out who's going to the front. Cause right. you know, everyone's getting the same bright idea.
3: Mm-hmm. And then, so, you know, and then if it, if it uh, happens so, so much throughout the day, the pendulum swings to where now guys are just uh, you know quarter horse out of the gate and burning up horses and then you start getting horses coming from off the pace because of their over correction. I would think.
4: Yeah, well, for me, you know, if I watch horses go wire to wire, it doesn't bother me. But when two or three horses throw it down in wicked fractions mm-hmm. and and you know they come one two or one to three, I usually quit that surface All right. for the day right i I can't i can't handicap that to me if you know you battle you go 21 and change 44 you're supposed to stop if you're battling
3: yeah that would uh that's uh definitely the mo there all right well let's put uh that philosophy to work maybe today and and see what we can come up with what do you got
4: okay uh race four uh at gulfstream Mm -hmm. you know I'm not the type of guy to give a top ledger horse, but I have I have a feeling number five in the union is going to be a lot better odds than the seven to two in the morning line. I was just checking some of the uh, the offshore sites like the odds checker site, uh-huh. and it's showing he's at seven to one right now. So might get better odds on that horse, and I think the race is going to set up for him. Uh, number four, King Cab looked like the second coming of Secretary last uh-huh. time, but that was going seven furlongs. Now going a mile and an eighth, two turns, and there's a lot of speed in here. So I think it just might set up perfectly for number five in the union.
3: Yeah, no kidding. Now, this is a $75,000 uh, purse, mile and one eighth. Pretty darn good uh, f- uh, race uh, for uh, you know early on in the day. There are six in the race, and uh, these are for three-year-olds. There's six in the race, and as you say, uh King Cab had a spectacular uh run in his last race for Eddie Plisa and Julian Lee Peru will ride again. And you got uh, Todd Pletcher who's uh, employing Tyler Gafflion for this one in the Union. But um you know, you've got Little Vic in there, you've got swing shift who's actually the two to one morning line favorite. I don't know what he'll go off at. Uh so you got a pretty good contentious race there. And, uh, yeah,
4: so Paco uh, went off of King Cap to ride Little Vic, or, you know, he's not riding King Cap. He is on Little Vic, whoever made that decision. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it's a race where I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of these down-the-road are horses.
3: And you picked though, uh, you, you know, pick,
4: just a non-winner's a
3: one. Yeah, you picked Pletcher's in the Union, but, uh, you know, uh, Pletcher has another horse in that race, and it is swing shift at the uh, as 2-1 Morning Line Fair. so a very interesting race, the fourth race today. At Gulfstream, and you think it's going to set up for the five in the Union. So we got the five in the fourth race at Gulfstream, and what else?
4: Yeah, just you know, uh, just to figure out the way I go at things. If I'm giving uh-huh. you a t- top Fletcher seven to two morning line, uh-huh. I don't like too much. But what what I will call my best bet of the day is race seven and number six, Rapturous with Luca Panici. This is another race where you know. I'll lose all faith in horse racing if they all battle like they should in here, and, and one of the closers doesn't come in. So, I'm going to go with number six, Rapturous, and I'm going to box them with number four, Clapton, which should be the two horses getting the best trips in here.
3: All right, in the uh, and this is six and a half furlongs in the seventh race. You like number six, Rapturous, the six, Panichi and O'Connell is the uh, combination. Ten to one on the morning line, like that. Sure, that. Share like that. That's for sure. And you're going to box it, or you're just going to put it on top to the four, Clapton?
4: No, I'm going to buy. Always box. It's okay. like, like you know, kind of, you know, when you're only doing it with one horse or two horses, it's like having a real good place place result. If you know, you yeah. on one too.
3: No kidding. And when uh, Clapton is ridden by a guy named Ortiz, whether it be Jose or Irad, you always have to pay attention. That's for sure. All
4: right. Yeah, Louis Saez is back, so it balances out the the jockey
3: community. Uh, a yeah. little more. Yeah, it does. You're right. Louie is a, a hell of a writer as well. Got a good colony down there. Okay, thanks a lot, uh, Tommy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Rob. Good luck, everyone. All right, we'll be back with uh, a Twin Q result, and uh, we'll be looking for John Lindo to figure out what's going on in California, huh? All right, back on race day, Las Vegas. Shoot a little fat with uh, Mr. John Lindo, I'm sure, has a thought or two about this coming weekend at Santa Anita. John, John, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. How you doing? Doing fine. I mean, it's going to be 81 today here. I'm breaking out the suntan screen, sunscreen, for goodness sakes.
5: I know. I think uh, up in Anaheim, Anaheim Stadium was 90 degrees yesterday, and it's going to be nice and warm here today, but... You know, like you mentioned, it looks like uh, we good chance of getting some rain in Southern California on Friday. So uh, we'll see what happens, and obviously we'll be paying close attention and give everybody updates as we get along later in the week.
3: John, he, the thing about Santa Anita, at least I noticed, is that when they make changes, sometimes they will make a change so late that it gives the gamblers, it puts them in behind the eight ball with either – Making a change after a particular bet has started, like the race over race bets, the pick fives, pick fours, etc., or they'll make yeah. a, or they'll make a change. You know, like maybe even after the post parade, where you're sitting there scrambling to look at your form.
5: Yeah, and that's the thing uh, that bothers me too, Ralph. Uh, I, uh, you know, obviously, if, as conditions change, there have to be decisions made. Right. But in this day and age, we have all these rolling bets and these large pools that people you want them to delve into decisions have to be made to protect the horse player too yeah and uh you know they're the one group that that always seems to get left out in the cold you're looking after the horsemen, you're looking after the horses you're looking after everything else and in the meantime you know some of the things that are done really impact the horse player which is their core business and it leaves them on the outside looking in so uh, you know i hope they keep those those things in mind moving forward and any time we have a question, whether it be uh, you know, weather conditions or track conditions, uh-huh. make those decisions before the horse player invests his money in your product.
3: You know, I, and uh, in, in going along with those lines, I've always lived by one rule, and that rule is racing executives should always make a decision based on just two factors, just two. What's best for the horse, what's best for the race player. And everybody else that has an interest in racing will be better served that way.
5: I I can't argue with that. That's common sense which unfortunately (laughs) hasn't been a big part of our game.
3: (laughs) Right, well, I'll leave it at that. Uh, Looking at the uh, weekend races, uh, either at uh, Gulfstream or or certainly in Southern California, anything intrigue you?
5: Well, you know, focus will be on the three-year-olds at both tracks, I think. So you have the San Felipe at Santa Anita. Mm -hmm. That'll go as the sixth race on Santa Anita. And The the big question is just how far will Forbidden Kingdom run? You know, he won the San Vicente wire-to-wire going seven furlongs. And, uh, you know, he's a horse with an awful lot of speed. I don't know if he's rateable. So we'll find out if he can get two turns on Saturday. A doppelganger who finished behind Forbidden Kingdom in the the, uh, San Vicente. Mm You know, he looked like it was kind of a little bit lost, kind of getting the idea of what's going on out there. I do think he'll like two turns, and mm-hmm. uh, he's for Baffert and Pratt, so I expect him to run well. And then you go across over to the uh, Fountain of Youth, which is a good race over there at, at Gulfstream Park. You've got to field the 13. I, again, I'm not sure if number 12, Mo Donicle, will run. Uh, you know, Todd Pletcher entered him, but... He's got other options. He could go to the Tampa Bay Derby or, or something. I, I know that post 12 does not yeah. sit well with Todd Pletcher. Oh, no, no. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But mm-hmm. you know, interested, interested to see where Rattle and Roll is coming back for for McPeak. And you've got the simplification off a tough trip in the Holy Bull last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a promising horse moving up in due time. It's a good field of horses down there. So that'll be an interesting race. And. The, the hard part there, you've got a mile of 16th quick into the first turn and you run to the first finish line, so those deep closers don't get that long run down the stretch, so it's a hard race to gauge as far as Kentucky Derby horses moving forward. Yeah,
3: those closers have to get in gear and, and make up some ground and get into position down the backside before they hit the last turn, so they'll be uh, on somewhat of the dance floor when they hit the head of the stretch, that's for sure. You know, you're talking about uh, all the trainers, and Nick, Dale Romans is always an interesting guy when it comes to uh, this year, because he's not the uh, Pletcher's or the Bafferts or the uh, Brad Cox right now, but he always has uh, he always has interesting takes and interesting horses, and he's got Howling Time in this one at fifteen to one. Uh, wait and see, uh, you know how that uh, that horse uh, fares. But yeah, you, I I believe that the certainly the Fountain of Youth is a more competitive deep uh, field, but you got Baffert with two horses in this race, and Forbidden Keen, of course, uh, is an offspring of American Pharaoh for uh, Dick Mandela at the in the San uh, Felipe. So that's kind of a, a neat uh, combination there. And I don't know anything about worse Red Sanchez, which is the son of Square Eddie and comes from the Redham uh, group.
5: He's been running on the grass. He ran against older horses in a maiden race last time on the grass. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're taking a shot. I, I, he doesn't look like a legitimate derby type of contender. But, uh, uh, you know, he's a horse that tries. He's getting better right now, but they're throwing him to the wolves there on on Saturday. And you talked about Bob Baffert. His other horse is Armagnac, number three. Uh And this is a horse that does have some speed. He won two turns. You have to wonder, will he be the one that's going to go on the suicide mission trying to keep Forbidden Kingdom honest on the lead and Mm -hmm. maybe set up Doppelganger? You know, you've got Velasquez on Armagnac and uh, Doppelganger has Pratt. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what the Baffert juggernaut decides to do as far as tactics in that race.
3: And, of course, uh, on Saturday is one of the most uh, historic races in America, the Sanita Handicap, which is not as uh, pivotal as it used to be. But one, at one time, they call it the Big Cap, the hardest race, handicap race to win in the world. Uh, but now it uh, sits there amongst uh, other big handicap races with big purses like they run in Saudi and Dubai, et cetera. But uh Talking about Baffert, he's got Spielberg in, in this race uh, in the uh, Sanita Handicap. And, of course, I guess uh, the entire race goes through express train.
5: Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, he, he's won two straight, the San Pasqual and the San Antonio,
3: mm-hmm.
5: uh, he both at a mile and eighth. And he was beaten uh, three-quarters of a length in this race last year. I think he's coming into the race better. And if you look at the race, there isn't a lot of speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Theorem, who's entered both in the San Carlos and in the Sanita San Handicap, I understand he's probably going in the Santa Anita Handicap, and if he does, he's probably the speed of the race, and express train ought to fall into a really nice trip tracking, which should be a pretty moderate pace in there. Uh, he's the one to beat. And kind of sad route that you, you look at a, a handicap, and the yeah. high weight's 124, and you see maidens on the same card running with 122 pounds. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it really isn't a handicap anymore these days. They, you put too much weight, and horses don't show up. Yeah, but, uh,
3: it, uh, you're not going to get a, a, an affirmed type of horse carrying 130 and win the race anymore, that's for sure.
5: No, it doesn't happen anymore. Uh, interesting horse would be Warrant coming in for Brad Cox. Flavian Proud yeah. rides him. He's never been a mile and a quarter, but his style, kind of a one-paced grinder horse, he looks like the kind that might like the mile and a quarter, and he's kind of the new face uh, against a lot of horses that that we've seen. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just a cut below the really good ones. You know, they get eaten up by the Pegasus World Cup and the Saudi Cup and the Dubai World Cup. They've all kind of uh, just swamped right over the Santa Anita handicap as far as taking the the marquee horses away.
3: Well, Warren's daddy is constitution. We know he could get it.
5: He is a very precocious horse, an yeah. excellent sire, too. Yeah. He turned out to be a really good sire. Yeah.
3: Well, uh, John, I know you're going to be doing a lot of work uh, this weekend. You've got Oaklawn Park, uh, of course. Uh, great racing there. You're get you getting an opportunity to make some money at Oaklawn, that's for sure. So your Lindo report will be concentrating on Oaklawn and San Anita. Any thoughts of anything for Gulfstream on Saturday?
5: Uh, on my sheet for San Anita on Saturday, I'll also, I'll also include the suggested tickets for both of those coast-to-coast pick fives. Oh, so that'll include... Races from Gulfstream in both of those sequences, uh, you know, be a lot of interest in those with a 12% takeout. So that'll be part of my Linda report for Santa Anita on Saturday.
3: Well, wow, you got a lot of work ahead of you, man. So uh, get that Honeydew list done today.
5: Sounds good, Ralph. Thanks. Good luck
3: today. Thanks a lot, John. Okay. All right. I'm gonna get quickly uh, your TwinQ results. Uh, results from Sunday. The TwinQ uh, had a $5,000 pot and it featured the ninth at Gulfstream, ninth at Oaklawn. The Gulfstream numbers were six, seven the oak Lawn numbers were 312 so it was six seven to 312 there were seven winning tickets in the twin queue on sunday each ticket received 714 dollars and 30 cents a piece your next twin queue at station casinos comes on friday now we're going to go to uh, jerry jackowitz whose uh, power pages are at the station casinos each and every day as long as they're running Santa anita and gulfstream so his gulfstream power page is there today and good morning jerry
6: good morning ralph you know you guys just made me uh, think about Forgo beating on oh, pleasure. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah.
6: Yeah, you know, and this is one of the differences in horse racing for guys like me and the contemporary, the new people who come into the game. And maybe one of the reasons why we were able to so fall in love with horse racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have a comment in somewhere along the line say, oh, that horse was 10 pounds the best. And if you said that from one horse player to the other, they kinda it meant something. Yeah. It had a a, a specific feel to it. Yeah. So I'm thinking of Forgo coming through the lane and, and getting up and beating Honest Pleasure, who was a three year old at the time, and you know, it was like one of the most stirring stretch runs anybody ever saw. Right now tell but a them. The modern, day, per- tell them a how modern much- day person looks at it and they don't realize that Honest Pleasure was carrying hundred and eight pounds and Forgo was carrying 134. That's what I searched.
3: That's what I wanted to get to. Uh, you got to tell them how much uh, uh, Forgo was carrying against Honest Pleasure. And one right. more thing about that uh, package that Forgo was handling, he was written by Bill Shoemaker, who, soaking wet, might it's weigh yeah, might weigh 96 pounds or something. Right. So there was a there wet. was <laughs> there was like 30 pounds of dead weight in the saddle, right. and. Uh, Active weight uh, from a jockey, rather than dead weight on a horse, is a whole different type of 134 pounds. Right,
6: a truly, truly big issue. However, on the other hand, the hands of Bill Shoemaker and
3: got him there in the nick or, of time, didn't he?
6: Yeah, the hands of Bill Shoemaker were just worth. A, they were worth it. Yeah. <laughs> they were always worth it.
3: <laughs> All right, well, time to get started. Let's uh, let's get a couple of picks at Gulfstream.
6: Hey, pretty good. We got the name Bill Shoemaker and Forgo in in the same. How
3: about that?
6: Pretty good show right there. Yeah, okay. All right, let's go to the second at Gulfstream for our first play. Um, Sterling Drive, uh, the eight horses, 10 to 1 for uh, Amador Sanchez. Terrific uh, trainer, by the way. Um, Alvarado gets up. You know, you just this is like an automatic pop out key at anything greater than 5 to 1 but you can see the horse was claimed for 15 for 25,000 went to the turf in January here and it was switched to the uh, AWT mm-hmm. so we don't really worry about that and it was claimed again and he's repeating at this class and uh, This horse is a fast horse, and all he's got to do is overcome that outside post position. There's a couple little scratches in here that make it a little easier. But the eight horse is a wonderful win-place bet in the second race. Play the eight with the 147 in your exotics, but the eight, that's our first pop-out key for the day.
3: All right. In the uh, second race today, uh, the eight over 147 and reverse, $2 ROI, two to win on the eight. got one more play.
6: Yeah, let's go to the seventh race. Race route. This is a play I just I love and have loved for years and years and years, and mm-hmm. was always part of my uh, my betting pattern. And okay. The two horse stormy pattern has three races, mm-hmm. and the slightly faster horse, based on one number, Klugman only has two races. And the, the horse with three races is 9 to 2, and the horse with only two races is 3 to 1. Okay. Almost automatically, without knowing much else about the form, the two horse is actually a better bet than the three horse in okay. terms of money you will make over the long run. All right. So we're going to play the two. Mm-hmm. That's our star horse and our pop-out key for a lot of other reasons. Okay. Play the two. Make a win bet there and play the two with the three, four, eight, and do reverses three, four, eight back over the two, and a little extra two, three, three, two.
3: All right, so in the seventh race, you like the two. Stormy me pattern Chantel Sutherland for Safi Joseph Jr. at nine to two. The two is the key. Linkups are three, four, eight, and in reverse. $2 ROI, two to win on the two in the seventh at Gulfstream. Those are two races at Gulfstream. Get the rest of the power pages today at Station Casinos for today at Gulfstream. We'll be back tomorrow morning. It'll be a beautiful day here today. Hope it is with you too. Go ahead and say it, Jerry.
4: Have a great race day, everybody.